and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, when some, my question that I've always wondered is, where does gratitude come, and the importance of having gratitude? You know, why do, we, why do we have to be thankful for the littlest things in life? And I want to ask, and that's one of the questions I have, I have always had a question about and contemplating about. Now, realistically, it's a good question to ask, and it's a good question to ponder on. And, and today, before we kick off Lent, we're going to come up with a season, and you're going to find out what tomorrow is, the, the theme of Lent. But today, we're going to just talk about thanks. And where does gratitude come from and the importance of having gratitude in our life? And with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. May you guide us as we continue on the path that you have set before us, so that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms, and we can hear you say to us, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And Lord, help us to have a heart of gratitude. Help us to be loving and help us to be uh, caring and compassionate towards others. Because Lord, you are a merciful Father. And may you just provide peace and comfort for us during times of trouble. Lord, I just pray for anyone that's being affected by this major snowstorm that's coming by. Uh, Minneapolis and uh, sweeping through Wisconsin. And I pray for the first responders that are going to be out, our snow, blow, our snow plow drivers. I just pray that you protect them and put a hedge of protection over them. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. So, w- number one thing before I start off. In the next, I know in Minneapolis and in Wisconsin, is already starting to snow. If you are listening to this and you're from Wisconsin, if you have to drive, if you're in Minnesota, if you're listening to this and you're in the northern states, you're probably thinking, okay, there's a massive snowstorm coming. I urge you to stay indoors. I think it is important to uh, adhere to the warnings. And I know if you're really northern up in northern America, there's some bitterly wind chills that are going to come by, uh, for up to 40 miles an hour wind, and uh, where frostbite and hypothermia are suitable in a matter of minutes of stepping outside. So I think it's important that to do help out the first responders, get everything you need before uh, tonight, before tonight, or it gets too late, and just stay in shelter. But one thing that I'm also thankful for is snowplow drivers. A lot of us tend to overlook that. And I want to just thank you for... Um, the snowplow drivers for plowing us out, and without them, we would be stranded. But in John 4, we're going to jump into John 4 because it states in verse 1 Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining in baptism more, disi- more disciples than John. So the Pharisees found out that he was baptizing more people than John the Baptist. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. Verse 3. So he left Judah and went back uh, once more to Galilee. Now, 
he had <clears throat> now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sinar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tried as he was from, or Jesus was tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Verse 8, His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. Verse 9, The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink of water? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Verse 11, Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with uh, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and I and have to keep coming here to draw, so I don't have to keep coming here to draw water. Verse 16, he told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus answered, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five husbands, and the man you now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are, you, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. The woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship that we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship and the Father in the spirit and in the and in the truth for they are the kind of worshipers the father seeks god is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth <clears throat> the woman said i know that messiah is coming when he comes he will explain everything to us and jesus declared i the one speaking to you, I am he. And that is, an, that is absolutely awesome to know. 
Verse 27, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Verse 28, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? <clears throat> and Jesus replied, My food is, or my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus says, thus saying the Lord, one sows and the other reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, <clears throat> and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Amen. Amen. And verse 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Amen and amen. Verse 43, after, after the two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself made, had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judah, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Verse 48, Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he, was, while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized 
that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he had, so he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judah to Galilee. Amen. And amen. And I also find it interesting, you know, with everything that, everything that's been stated, there's one other chapter in the Bible that I just want to uh, read. And that's Romans chapter 5, 1 through 11. And that states, Therefore, <clears throat> since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into, his, into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen and amen. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone, though for a good person, Someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his, whole, his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. And amen. Since we have not been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, <clears throat> for if, we, for if while we were, were God's enemies... We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Amen. And amen. So right now, we, there's a lot to chew on. Don't get me wrong. There's absolutely a lot to chew on. But the bigger question is, where does <clears throat> gratitude come? And I think this is going to be probably, the, uh, might be the theme of our uh, starting Lent. is being grateful for what you have. Because what does it look like to cultivate a heart of gratitude? That's a question that is... I sometimes get asked. <clears throat> it is, we have encountered is a gift from God. What we have encountered is a gift of God. When God sent his son to die on the cross for our hearts, that is a gift that God has given us, even we didn't, when we didn't deserve it. And we will consider the impact that a heart overflowing with gratitude can have on everyone else around us. But the f most important thing is that we have to pay attention to our hearts 
and our gratitude and where it comes from. The Gospel of John records a conversation between Jesus and a Samaritan woman who had come to draw water from Jacob's well. The conversation begins with Jesus asking her for a drink of water and ends with Jesus revealing to her that he is the Messiah. Overcoming with gratitude, the woman left her water jar and went away into into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? John 4.29 Like the woman at the well, God knows our past but accepts us as we are through grace, as we are through grace. God knows who we are, and God knows what we've done in our past. But because Jesus died for us, he accepts us no matter what. For a follower of Jesus, a true and lasting gratitude that comes from that comes from a transformed heart, begins at the foot of the cross. We have to be, it starts with us, knowing that Jesus died for us when he didn't have to. And we have to be so thankful that we don't have to face the wrath of God, even when we deserve it. And then truly God shows his mercy through us. Romans 5 eight tells us that God proves his love for us and that we were, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It is through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that we can be forgiven of our sins, allowing us to be reconciled to the Father. <clears throat> as, an, as an apprentice of Jesus, we have been given the keys to the kingdom of gratitude. Why? Because as people created in the image of God, we can experience the fullness of gratitude apart from a saving relationship with Jesus. This recognition of God's generosity in our time of need cultivates a heart of gratitude. Amen. And amen. And uh, if you if you never heard of Dallas Willard, uh, he wrote a very um, interesting words in the uh, about grace and gratitude, and he stated, "Gratitude is an expression of appreciation, an articulation." Of what we have received. Like a receipt, our gratitude is evidence of the transaction of grace from God. In the presence of God, we experience the fullness of God's grace and goodness. The Holy Spirit is continually at work within us, planting a seed of thanksgiving that with time, grow and mature into a heart of gratitude, into a heart of thankfulness, into a heart of being blessed for what we have been given. And with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, we thank you, Lord, for having your son die on the cross for us. We thank you for having another opportunity to have life. Not have life on earth, but have everlasting life in heaven. Have everlasting life in heaven when we didn't deserve it, Lord. But because you sent your son to die on the cross, we can now enjoy everlasting life because you love us and you show compassion unto us. Lord, may you guard our hearts so that we can be obedient unto you. May you show your compassion and tenderhearted. 
Lord, we love you so much. Lord, may you guide us as we continue on the path that you have set before us. So that when the winds when the winds come and the rains blow, or when the w- winds pour and the wind blows, help us not to be wavered off by sin, but help us to look up, up help us to look upon you, Lord. May you guide us as we um, cross the finish line, Lord. So that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you guys have a blessed day. And remember, God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. And remember to stay safe during this major blizzard that's sweeping through the Midwest and crossing over on the East Coast. Have a blessed day and happy Wednesday. Bye. Thank you.